Good Sunday morning, Iowa. It's Dr. Rick Godding, and thank you very much for choosing to spend some time with me here today. I'll give you a quick update on my diet because patients are asking, my my patients that are listeners. So I'm kind of steady at 20 pounds down. It's been five weeks. My skin is clearing up. I feel a whole lot better. And I did go to New York City over the weekend to a friend's surprise birthday party. And I did not consume any carbohydrates at all, which was very tough in the land of pizza and bagels. But I gained a couple of pounds, but I think I think it's because I was eating a lot of these uh, beef sticks. So they're like a healthy version of a Slim Jim. They're, you know, grass-fed beef and no preservatives, that kind of stuff. And I think maybe that made me retain a little bit of water. But otherwise, it's been good. I feel real good. My skin looks good. I can't wait to see how this is going in another couple months. So... Today I thought I would go over non-operative methods for taking care of knee pain and specifically taking care of osteoarthritis related knee pain. Once you get to be probably, I would say 50, 55, if you have a lot of pain in your knee, the chances that you have arthritis are tremendous. The chances that you have a meniscus tear or something like that that's fixable without a knee replacement diminishes as you get older. But just because you have arthritis doesn't mean that it's time to have a knee replacement for sure. So let's talk first about when you would consider having a knee replacement. If you have had arthritis and you have done everything, you've done injections, you've done anti-inflammatory medications, you've done other things and you're not getting better, that's when you can start thinking about having a knee replacement. And any, any time over 50 is a fine time to have a knee replacement. So you just want to feel like, I guess the factors would be you can't live the life that you want to live because of the pain in your knee, whether you can't do sometimes when I was in my fellowship in Australia, we would do knee replacements all the time so that people could walk 18 holes because people would come in they say, I can only walk eight holes and then I got to ride the cart and I don't want to ride the cart because I want to stay in shape. And so we did a, a fair few of them so that people could walk 18 holes or whatever hike, whatever your preferred activity is. If you get to the point where you're not living your life to the degree that you want to and you've failed everything else, it's time for a knee replacement. And I would have one myself in a heartbeat. If I couldn't do my mountain biking, I would have a knee replacement so that I could. Luckily, I don't have bad knees. I I am able to do anything I want. I was doing some running about a year and a half ago, and my knees were hurting, so I just stopped it. Now, if you're a runner and your knees hurt, well, if you have weight to lose, lose it. Otherwise, you know, running is going to... Shorten the lifespan of your knees, for sure. Running's not really, especially distance running, isn't really good on knees that are aging. So anyway, as far as that goes, we, we now have a little framework for when would I have my knee replaced. Now we'll talk about what can I do naturally and then medically and then non-operatively and then we'll talk about knee replacement. 
So the first and foremost thing that you can do if you are overweight, lose weight. Your knees are carrying the load of your body, the biomechanics of the knee. And so when I say biomechanics, that means the essentially the mechanical engineering principles assigned to the knee. So mechanical engineering is the mathematical study of machines. So biomechanics is the mathematical study of your body and the framework of its being a machine, which it clearly is. So the knee, as you walk, when you lift one foot up and put it in front of the other, that's called the swing phase of gait. And the other foot is on the ground, and that's called the stance phase of gait. So when you're in your stance phase of gait, when you're walking flat, there's about 1.2 times your body weight goes across your kneecap. And reach down and feel your kneecap. Okay, if you push directly in towards your knee on your kneecap, that is the force that I'm talking about. Because when you're in your stance phase, your quadriceps, that's your thigh muscles, those are contracting. That's pushing the kneecap back into the femur bone, the thigh bone, and your quadriceps are shortening and it's pushing backwards. And that's why your knee is going from a flexed or a bent to a straight position. And that's what happens in that phase of gait. And because of just the mechanics of how it all works, because your body is above your knee and your entire body weight is on it, plus your quadriceps thigh muscle is pushing back into the knee, you're 1.2 to 1.3 times your body weight with every step. So if you lose 20 pounds, then it'll be 30 pounds less stress on your knees with every step. And if you lose 50 pounds, it's about 75 fewer pounds of pressure on your knee with every step. That's walking flat. And that goes up significantly up and down stairs on the order of over two, so 2.2 or so times your body weight. So if you weigh 250 pounds, you're putting 500 pounds of body weight across your kneecap every time you walk up the stairs. That's why stair climbing is not very good for your knees. So the, the first thing you can do is lose weight if you need to. The second thing, and this is inclusive, so how would you lose weight? Well, you get on a, a diet because, you know, patients will say to me, I can't lose weight, doc. I can't exercise. Listen, I'm telling you, I've had a long personal experience with this. I've been working with patients for 20 years. It is 85% diet, maybe 90, whether you lose weight or not. I proved that to myself again last year. I was working out three times a, a week, lifting weights, and I was biking three times a week, and it was all good for me. But I wasn't losing any weight because I would do my ketogenic diet during the week and then on the weekends I wouldn't and that's just not a good formula. The problem with the ketogenic diet, which is what I'm on now, it's a form of that. The carnivore diet's a form of the ketogenic diet. Which So the ketogenic diet puts you into a different metabolic state where you're burning fat in your body. And there's two kinds of fat. There's visceral fat, which is inside your abdominal cavity around your organs. And then there's peripheral fat, which is what you see when you look down, or at least what I see when I look down. So both of those types of fat convert into what we call ketone bodies. And these ketone bodies are able to be used in all the organs of your body for energy. 
And then your liver can actually create glucose via a process called gluconeogenesis. So any of the cells in your body that prefer glucose will get it from the liver. So the reason I'm going into this right now is what I'm saying is last year, year and a half, I would do the ketogenic diet during the week. And then on the weekends I would eat carbs and that just, then I would gain five, six, seven pounds every weekend. And then during the week lose five, six, seven pounds. So you can't really do that. No matter how much I added, I would ride three hours, whatever it was. It just, I wasn't losing. You know what happens when I ride three hours? If I'm eating a normal diet, I ride three hours and I stop at the store on the way home and I get three protein bars, all low carb protein bars, but I eat them all and I'm still hungry and I get home and I eat even more. So now that I'm on this diet, I would eat a lot less food because I eat a lot more fat and a lot more protein. Anyway, whatever nutritional method you want to use to lose weight, it will help you improve your symptoms from your knee arthritis. It will not heal the knee arthritis, but it will improve the symptoms. And you especially want to have a diet that is an anti-inflammatory diet. Like a ketogenic diet is very anti-inflammatory. Cutting the processed foods. There's a thing called clean and dirty keto. Dirty keto, you eat whatever you want, hot dogs and things like that. Clean keto, you're eating only good quality fat and protein, and that's what I would suggest. I don't think counting calories is a good way to lose weight. That's been shown over and over that that just puts you in a calorie deficit and makes your body hungry and doesn't work in the long term. So some kind of a structured weight loss, whether it's you want to go Mediterranean diet is a good one. It's an anti-inflammatory diet. It's very seems to be very successful. I've not used that one, but there are people who use it. So you want to combine a weight loss diet with an anti-inflammatory diet. Why? And this is why you would not want to do a dirty keto or something like that. Because the first thing the doctor is going to do when you go to the office and say that I, you have knee pain is they're going to examine your knee, make a diagnosis, get an x-ray, you have arthritis, they're going to give you an anti-inflammatory. It's either going to be an injection of corticosteroids into your knee or it's going to be an oral anti-inflammatory like Motrin, ibuprofen, or maybe Celebrex or Mobic or one of the prescription type of anti-inflammatories. And so these diets that I'm talking about, the ketogenic diet, the Mediterranean diet, the carnivore diet, these are all diets that they're anti-inflammatory because number one, you're not eating, again, I'm talking about clean keto here, you're not eating junk. You're not eating hot dogs. You're not eating processed meats. I mean, if, if that's all you can afford to get on one of these diets, then that's better than eating. I mean, a hot dog with no bun is a hundred times better for you than a hot dog with a bun. It's not the hot dog. It's the bun. That's bad for you. Hot dogs, the processed part of the meats, those are bad for you to some extent, but nowhere near as bad as the grains. So if you can eat a diet that is anti-inflammatory and will get you to lose weight at the same time, you can really, really improve your knee arthritis that way. So that's number one. And then the second step would be to go ahead and take an anti-inflammatory. And that would be, again, the Motrin, which is the same as ibuprofen. That's a brand name of ibuprofen. The Naproxen is a brand name of naproxen. And then you know, there are Celebrex, which is a different one that's prescription, and Mobic, which is prescription, but those are all categorized as non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications, 
which means that they're anti-inflammatory medications that are not steroids, just like the name would suggest. And so those are an excellent first line of actual medical treatment. And I would suggest them for sure. I think that, you know, I give them to my patients all the time. I also encourage them to lose weight and eat a healthier diet, but also you can give these. And then there are other medications that you can take. Tylenol is certainly a good one. And there's a Tylenol arthritis, which I believe has a little bit of ibuprofen in it. And so those are all good. Glucosamine. Some people have asked me about glucosamine or glucosamine and chondroitin. There's conflicting reports. I don't know if it's just placebo effect, which is where people take a pill that doesn't really do anything, but they believe it does something so their body reacts to it or they feel less pain, something like that. So I don't know if it's a placebo effect or not, but glucosamine does help some people, and glucosamine you can get over the counter. I have not heard any reports about the collagen being effective. The wraps that you can put on your knee, I've not heard of those being effective. In studies, I've had anecdotal Sometimes patients will come, oh, I put this copper thing on my knee and it felt better and then it didn't work anymore. Well, again, that could be the placebo effect. I'm not sure. There is the one thing that I've used in the past called the ActiPatch, A-C-T-I-P-A-T-C-H, ActiPatch, and that's a radio frequency transmitter. I'm telling you that works because I have one and I put it on one knee and it fixes it and then I put it on the other knee for a couple days and it fixes it and then I'm done running. So A-C-T-I-P-A-T-C-H, you can buy that on Amazon. It's just it's a radio frequency transmitter. It just transmits a little frequency, and you won't feel anything. You just turn on the little green light, tape it to your leg, and sleep in it. And they also have a little sort of brace you can wear and tuck it into so you can wear it during the day. Seems to be helpful. So once you get past these, or and then you would go to probably an injection, Usually the first thing we'll do is inject corticosteroids. Now, corticosteroids have a little bit of a downside insofar as they do cause at least a transient disruption of the cartilage. And so when I say transient, I mean it only happens for a little while. It interrupts the way the collagen, which is collagen is what cartilage is made of, the microstructure of the cartilage, and the collagen sort of unfolds a little bit into a less vibrant form, but that only lasts for a week or so. However, in that week, you can do damage to that knee because you're not feeling any pain. Nevertheless, I have patients who come in every six months and they get their cortisone injection and they're fine for four or five months and or two or three months, and then they come back and want another injection. And that's patients who are having a struggle, but they're not ready at all to have their knee replaced. Another type of injection is what we call visco supplementation. So visco means the characteristic of viscosity, and that is viscosity is that property that motor oil has where it's thick, and if you pour it, it pours slow, and it's just it's very thick. That's viscous. So visco supplementation is supplementing the viscosity of your joint. The fluid that is normally in your joint that is produced by the body is viscous. So it's not like water or blood. It's, it's thick and it's, it's lubricating. So we have these injections that we can inject every six months. 
I say every six months because that's how often the insurance will pay for it. You could pay for it yourself, but they're very expensive. And so we can inject those every six months. And a lot of people get good relief from there. Now, next you have the radio frequency or cold ablation where we treat the nerves so that the nerves around the knee don't conduct a signal back to the brain. So the damage is still being done. Your knee's not getting any better. You just don't perceive the pain. Again, this is that's sort of the next step getting closer. And as far as surgery goes, there's not been, unless you have mechanical symptoms, meaning if you say my knee hurts, I can deal with it, but every once in a while it feels like a marble gets stuck in my knee and it's just the worst excruciating pain I've ever had. That's mechanical pain. Sometimes we can fix that with a scope surgery where we just put a little, a, a couple little tiny holes in the knee, put a camera in, take an instrument and pull out the, the torn part. But what we, we don't do anymore is quote unquote, clean up an arthritic knee. That's not something that has been shown to be good. That is actually one of the things that they tell you when you're taking your board examinations, you better make sure you don't do any of those because you'll fail your boards for it because there's no reason to do a quote unquote cleanup for an arthritic knee. That's not a thing. If your doctor wants to do that, I would question it strongly as to what the, uh, what the six month outcomes are on those because they're not, they're not very good. Some people still do them, but they really shouldn't be being, there's not many, many times on this show that I've said your doctor shouldn't do this. Your doctor should not do a cleanup of your knee for arthritis unless there's something very specific that he's very sure is causing pain in one little area. And even then it's questionable. It's, it's like I said, it's one of those questions on the boards where they tell you before you go take your boards, you better not do any arthroscopic uh, cleanups on, on arthritic knees. So just so you know. Now, again, though, that's different if there's a mechanical problem. If there's a loose piece of cartilage flipping around in your knee, they can certainly go in and take it out. But it's just not been shown to be effective in arthroscopy for, for arthritis-related pain. And so after that, after all those are done and you're still not where you want to be, it's time to have the knee replacement. So that's kind of the beginning that's sort of the, the story of my knee hurts, I have arthritis, all the way to a knee replacement. Those are the treatments. First, lose weight using an anti-inflammatory diet. Second, take anti-inflammatories. Third, you can do injections. Of course, you can use any wrap or any copper thing or rub on outside your knee. If you think any of that helps, go ahead and do it. There's no good data for it, but it's not hurting anything. Injections, then the treatment of the nerves so you don't feel them. And then finally would be a knee replacement. And that's pretty much the algorithm. That's pretty, it's not controversial what I've just said. That there's, I would not think there are very, very many orthopedic surgeons who would disagree with that. So now you kind of know what that is and you can keep that in your mind if you're over 50 and you're starting to have knee pain. That doesn't mean that you have arthritis. You need to have that diagnosed, preferably by an orthopedic surgeon. And then that surgeon will tell you what your options are given what stage your knee is at at that time. So very good. That's, that's the story for today. So thank you for joining me and you have a blessed week, Iowa.